Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. Good morning, all. I am Janice Leibovitz. You are my People of the Book. And another week gone, and as the days get shorter and slightly colder, and Shabbat starts a lot earlier. So we have a bit more time to settle down with our books. Although, of course, with it coming in earlier, it does also go out earlier as well. I am thrilled to have a good friend of people of the book here as my guest today. Well, obviously not here, but um, as my guest today, a good friend, as I said, of people of the book, Viz Chetty of Penguin Random House. Viz, great to have you with me today. Hi, Janice. Welcome to the show. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to chat to you about our favorite subjects, um, books, new books, and what to look out for and to let everyone know what they can be looking out for on the shelves, what they can add to their um, their pile of books that they need to read, their TBR list, as we like to call it. <laughs> and you have quite a... A mixed bag for us today. Um, I think most of it is already available on the shelves and online. Um, I, I know that I do have a couple of them. Um, one of them I have actually read. Um, but I think let's head straight into it because I know that when we start talking about books, um, we don't stop. And, of course, our time is limited. Yeah. So... Let's get a start. What have you got for us today? Okay, great. I was just saying, you're saying you have one in particular that you've read, and I think I know which one it is, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna guess, but let's just, I'll just go into it, and then you can stop me when you say you've read it. I just, I just want to say one thing. I know that, um, obviously with, with uh, COVID and, and things, there, there have been a few, um, issues with shipping and delays. Is that still going on? Uh, it's, it's gotten a little better over the last month or so. Uh, but it, it's, it's just continuous. It's, it's several things, Janice. You know, if it's not, uh, actual shipping across, when they eventually get to the ports, there's a bottlenecking and, you know, it's a bit of, yeah. a bit of a mess, but it's sort of slowly ironing itself out and we try our best to get stuck in as early as possible. So, Brilliant. yeah, Brilliant. for the Good most part, know. Penguin's working really hard to get that right and, you know, we, and I'm sure we'll get it right. Good to know. Yeah. Okay, let's get to it. Let's talk okay. books. Cool. Um, I've, as you said, I've put in a nice mixed bag. I know you've got a wide readership, so I'm trying to cater for, you know, uh, all different people and pe- some, a lot of people read different books as well. So let's go with that. So the first one is, uh, Effortless by Greg McEwen. Uh, if you haven't read him, uh, he did an amazing book a while ago called Essentialism. Um, and what it was, it's essentially a book about productivity and just be, how to be a bit more effective by cutting out distractions. Uh, so he's followed that book up with another amazing book called Effortless, um, which is uh, available right now. Uh, it is in stores. Um, I found it to be quite brilliant in the way that, you know, you often hear people say work 
smarter, not harder. And so, sometimes yes. you get kind of annoyed because you think, okay, <laughs> if I don't work hard, I mean, the, the only way you know is to work hard sometimes, you know. So so you don't know what other routes you can take. So that's what this book uh, de- uh, delves into. So it's broken up into three parts where you start off with your state. So your state of mind, your state of being, effortless state, he calls it, and then effortless action and then effortless results. Um, at the end of each part, there's a nice little summary at the end. And what is done, and we found this works really well with nonfiction, is he he sort of tells you stories. I think it's a very human thing to to understand things through stories. That's why we have attraction to to books and stories. So each of the each of the principles that he highlights, he he backs it up with a nice story. So it'll be maybe a story of a particular CEO of a great company that did this, you know. So so that kind of thing. So if you're looking for a book that's going to teach you how to be more productive, how to be more um, um, sort of effective in your role, in your work, and whatever you're doing, this is something you could look at. It's not a big book. It's quite small. Uh, it's got a it's got a great little message, and I think it's something worth looking at. It is available right now uh, in stores. Um, so, yeah, you can go out and get that. That sounds great. It sounds quite relatable. We're going to take a break, and then we'll get back into your list. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am back with my guest, Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House, and we are chatting our favorite subject, books, and what to look out for if you are looking for a good read. Um, As I said, colder days are here, and uh, nighttime creeps in a lot earlier, gives us time to cuddle up and read and Viz, what have you got for us? Okay. I know you've got a list ready and let's get to it. Okay, cool. Uh, the next one is another nonfiction, which is uh, by one of the titans of nonfiction, in my opinion. Malcolm Gladwell is back with a brand new book this year. It's called The Bomber Mafia. If you don't know anything about Malcolm Gladwell, he's a huge, uh, you know, fan of World War Two and World War One mm-hmm. stuff. So he's a big history buff, as we all know. He's brought he's brought such great books to us over the past, and you know uh, he just keeps getting better. So in this one, one of my personal favorites uh, for the year is the Bomber Mafia, uh, and what it is, it's a book about how during the Second World War uh, the Americans rethought about how planes were used in war. So you know before before these guys came along, and there were not many of them, there were about maybe twelve of them uh, in total, and they basically rethought about how we use airplanes in war. So before you used to go in, you go in during the day and you just sort of bomb at random from a very high sort of height. Um, and whatever is bombed is bombed. They, they, they used to call it blitzing, right? So these guys came along and said, we can do it at a low height. We can do it at, um, at night maybe. Uh, you know, so they rethought about how planes were actually used. And, and they were going to do it strategically. So they said instead of bombing a city like London, let's bomb the factory that makes the springs that the enemy needs for their tanks. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they, they, they were very strategic. And behind all of it was a, was a, was a guy named Curtis LeMay, General Curtis LeMay, who was actually behind the whole thing. Uh, he kind of headed up the whole attack on uh, uh, Tokyo. I mean, it's it's really heartbreaking. They bombed about 63 uh, cities in Japan, and they left two. And the two that we know was uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah. 
or as we all know, they had bigger plans for. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's not just about Curtis. It's about the people that came up with napalm, the scientists that came up with napalm and how they regretted coming up with it as these things happened, you know, and, and how these guys, uh, uh, how they were used in, in the bombing. And also about how they use precision, how they developed precision bombing. You know, the guy that invented the yeah. machinery that allowed people to drop bombs um, you know, very effectively. If you think about if you're driving in a car and you're, and you're driving past a bin and you've got a Coke bottle and you want to throw it into a bin, it's almost impossible while in a moving car. You know what I'm saying? So right. This, yeah, so this guy developed technology that allowed them to drop a bomb very strategically. So it's just an amazing account of exactly how the Air, the air Force came to be so powerful uh, in, in the States and around the world and how they reinvented something that was already there. So for people of fans of Malcolm Gladwell, it's right up up your street. Um, so it's a big one for the year. If you're a fan of Gladwell, you should not miss this book. Um, if you're a fan of history, you should not miss this book. It's great. It sounds fascinating. And I know I don't know about everyone else, but when I hear the name Malcolm Gladwell, I, of course, I immediately think of Outliers, yep. which, um, I mean, that was that was huge. That I don't know if that launched him or that was um, yep. his initial book, but yep. I, I immediately think of that, which which is just, it's still, it mm. continues to be a bestseller. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And you think of him, I mean, uh, he, he never fails to disappoint, really. His, his books are outstanding. He, he just has a level of excellence that is just unique mm-hmm. to him. And, and his, uh, I think his, his type of research is, is also quite unique. And, and the, the aspect that he looks at and the angles that he takes are, are quite specific. Yeah. So this, this sounds fascinating. It's quite, it sounds like a bit of a blueprint. Um, <laughs> It is. I th- you know, you said you mentioned outliers, and, and if you think about outliers, what it was was basically people who stood out and just exceeded well beyond you know what other people were, were to achieve in the same thing. That's what this book is. These twelve, thirteen men were outliers. You know, they 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 thought about things very differently. So yeah, that's something people can take from this. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, what's next? All right, next one. I've got some nice fiction, so uh, stick with me, people. I've got some got <laughs> for everyone. Um, and I think this is the one you were talking about, the Dictionary of Lost Words. No, but... that is not the one. Not the... <laughs> but I know this is, I'm seeing this everywhere. It's the one that everybody's talking about. Yeah. It's got a beautiful eye-catching cover. Um, everybody is absolutely raving about it. It's getting five-star reviews everywhere. Okay. Um, it's quite different. Everyone is is recommending it highly. So tell us all about this. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's just, it's all the hype at the moment, but I would advise your reader to not ride the hype wave. Pick it up, go through it, take your time. It starts off a little slow, I'll be honest with you, but once you hit a certain point in the novel, it really starts to ramp up, and then the end will just have you in tears. So it's a really, really well-researched book. Uh, it's based on characters that are, there's characters in there that are fictional and non-fictional, uh, you know, so you've got some really well, tightly researched uh, work in this one. So Pip Williams, it's a debut, which is really great because, you know, this is, you know, sometimes, I don't know, with authors, when they start off this big, is it could either be up all the way or down, and you just never know. So, but this is just fantastic. The book is beautiful. It's out in, in, uh, in May. Um, it covers a hundred years between 1882 to eight, 1989. And it basically centers around the, the, the lexicographers who put together the first Oxford Dictionary, right? Now, no one really thinks about that. I, I, I yeah, think of that as an idea. It's so brilliant. So these men, you know, they would, they would sort of, it was like a shed in the back 
yard of one of these men and they were you know they were scholars and they would basically go there every day uh and they would basically put together the dictionary and our main character is this young uh lady by the name of Esme and Esme sort of it's her father he's sort of heading up the whole thing and and she's basically helping him and at first she's literally under the table so you know she she works um in all the stuff that gets chucked on the floor she kind of in the scriptorium they call it a scriptorium she works there and she's sort of collecting all these things that fall off uh, and one day she picks up a word that's been discarded on the floor and the word is bond made and that sets she picks it up and she hides it in um the, they have a servant at the house by the name of Lizzie and she has a little case and she puts this word into that case and then she realizes slowly that she is actually a bond maid you know when she reads the definition of it and and then she starts collecting all these other words and she realizes that remember this is a time of just prior to the suffrage just prior to the suffrage movement and world war 1 is about to kick off you know so it's it's the, during that time so it's a very very specific time in history and she decides and she she comes to the conclusion that these men are sort of deciding what words should be used and what words should not be used and especially words that apply to women are sort of just chucked onto the floor you know and she decides to collect them and she puts them away and that's and, and she wants to start her own dictionary and that's what the title comes from dictionary of lost words and it's just an amazing amazing story and she meets uh, you know this woman who's a sort of a suffrage uh, um, um pioneer and, and that sort of sits on a whole path uh to her sort of coming of age and also this important figure in history so i think that it's a really really great book if you want to just sit down and just get lost in in something and it, it means something and you know all these words that get put together it's just to it to learn exactly how the dictionary was actually put together in in itself is very interesting i found that um so yeah it's just an amazing one if you read one fiction book for the year if you're a fan of historical fiction for example i think this should be the one you should read this is this is just impeccable really beautiful Okay so I love the sound of this it's the dictionary yep. of lost words by Pip Williams yep. and as I said a beautiful eye catching cover so um be sure to look out for that we're going to take another break and we will be back after that I love it when you read to me This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz I am back I'm chatting to my guest Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House and of course we are chatting our favorite subject books and what you can look out for on the shelves at your nearest bookshop, your favorite bookstore or your favorite online bookstore, however you prefer to um buy your books. And we've already had a bit of a mix and um Viz as always chooses a great selection of books to chat about, something for everybody. And um we are into fiction now. So what's <laughs> next on the list, Viz? Okay, um All right, so I've given you some some non-fiction, I've given you some historical non-fiction, and now I'm going to go into some thriller. So basic commercial thriller, which is always something people love, and it's by uh, one of my personal favorites in this genre, Harlan Coben. This uh, is the one I read. Is that the okay, <laughs> fantastic. This uh, is it. Do you remember last year we talked about Boy from the Woods and, and it was just such a great book. Um so he's back. If you if you haven't read uh, the Myron Bolitar series, right? I know a lot of people who have read that series. Uh there's a character by the name of Wynn who's in there. And I, you know I've often thought ah, it'd be so cool to have 
uh, like a win as a standalone in like just on his in 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 his own series. We finally got our wish. It's the first book in this series um, by 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 Win, and it's just really cool. So twenty years ago, uh, these guys break into this very wealthy family uh, into their house, and they kidnap uh, Win's cousin. So this these are actually uh, Win's uncle. So uh, they kidnap his cousin, and they steal two things: so a painting, a really expensive painting by Fermier. And a suitcase with the initials, um, with these initials on it. And, um, so 20 years ago that happened. Eventually, you know, she, she found a way to escape and the guys that did it also escaped. Um, and the case sort of went cold. And now after all these years, he gets called up to this house and in this house, they find a murder victim and they find the painting and they find the suitcase. And now as questions start to come up, and he's in the middle of it. He's, I don't know if you'll agree with me. Wins one of those characters you you almost hate, or maybe you really hate him, but you still kind of like him at the same time. You know, um, when when is I think you know all those years when when we were reading those Marin Bolitar books, and I'd stopped reading them for a long time. I actually hadn't read Harlan Coben for quite a few years, and I don't know why. Because yeah. once you pick up a Harlan Coben book. And, and this is what I said. You, you wonder why, why did you stop reading them? Because he's just amazing. He, he never loses his, his touch. And Wynn was always there lurking in the background. He was Myron's friend and he never really came to the fore. You mm-hmm. kind of always wanted to know more about him. And Coburn was always quite, he, he kept him very much lurking. He was a lurker. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and as you say, we always wanted to know more about him. Where did he come from? We, we, we just wanted more detail. And I don't know whether he always planned to write a story about Wynn. And um, I did watch uh, the interview with him a couple of weeks ago. And he says he's not sure whether he's he started a series now. He's not sure whether he's going to write another book about him. And as you say, he's a character whether you love to hate him or you hate to love him. Um, and he's the type of guy. And I said, you kind of picture him as a Matthew McConaughey would make a perfect win. Yeah, I agree. He, he just, you just picture him in that role. Yeah. He just, he just is win. Yeah. And so if, if you're listening and you, you don't know what kind of person we're talking about, picture a swaggering, confident Matthew McConaughey. And that's, that's your guy. <laughs> he's not scared of anything anyone he he is ridiculously obscenely wealthy yeah. um I'm, I'm talking private planes private helicopters mm-hmm. you know people who just arrange everything for him he has everything done for him he never has to worry about anything anyone it's all just sorted and you know anything that's not sorted well he'll sort it for himself no problem um, whether it's violent or, or not, he has no qualms about being violent about anything. Um, he quite enjoys that, in fact, which is where the, the love to hate, hate to love thing comes in. And he's, he's this very enigmatic character. He, he really is. He's, he's a very unique guy. He's, yeah. he's entitled in a way. You know, he's ex- in a way, he's yeah. extremely yeah. entitled. Yeah, he's very entitled. In, <laughs> that gets in your face sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's, it's a fabulous book. And there's actually, um, 
there's not much you can say without giving away too much. Yeah, that's why I was trying to skirt it. But I could tell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to skirt it. Uh, but it is available in store. Every bookstore you walk into, you're going to see blue and orange and white, yeah. and you you can't miss it. It's, it's right up there in the front. So go grab a copy. I promise you, you pick up a Harlan Coben book, and this has happened to me. That's why I say it. You pick it up anywhere, and you become a fan in one book. And then you'd go looking for the rest. That's I said that on on Boy from the from the Woods, um, you know, and I said that again now to people who haven't read it. Uh, Absolutely. You up, yeah, you pick up one, you become a fan, and then you'll never stop reading him. Uh, well, you, you know, you want to read everything. So yeah, all right. Okay. Um, and then the next one is a very special book, uh, you know, for us. Damon Galgut is one of South Africa's, I think, in my opinion, one of the best, one of the best authors that we've produced, um, as a country. And, and we're very proud of him. And I'm very proud of him. And this book is sort of a, is sort of a quiet return to form, uh, from previous novels that he's done. Not that he's sort of fallen away, but I think for me, he brings the story back into a South African setting. Uh, it's set just outside of Pretoria on a little, sort of small holding it's not a really fertile piece of land but it's it's there you know and it's about the family the Swart family who you just instantly fall in love with all their characters are just so endearing and so special and they stick with you and the book is called The Promise and um, Damon Galgut basically has constructed a story set uh, over about four four decades and in each decade there's a different funeral that the characters have to attend you know, it starts off with the mother of the family. Um, she's just passed away and little Amor is there and she's, you know, you're seeing the whole thing play out, uh, as in, in the day that her mother died and up to the funeral. And you, and she speaks to this young boy who lives on the farm and helps them, you know, one of their workers, you know, and she, you sort of, you fall in love with her instantly. She's just such a lovely character. If you, if you see the cover of the book, there's this beautiful picture on the cover and that's, it's exactly what you picture and what to look like. Um, you know, and she, there was a promise that the mother had made to the, to the, to the servant of the house, the, the main, uh, sort of domestic, uh, keeper of the house, uh, before she died. And the story is about how that promise over four decades, you know, and all different things happening, how that promise was sort of lingering all the way through. You know, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say exactly what it was because I don't want to, I really don't want to ruin no it. No spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but it's about that one promise and it goes through four decades and each decade there's a different funeral in the family and Amor is the central character and she, she follows from the beginning right until the last one. Um, and she, and the story just goes. So it's constructed really beautifully. It's written really beautifully. Uh, it's one of those ones you just sort of, I'd like to say you float through. You don't fly through it. You kind of float through the story. Um, and, and, and you just sort of want to know exactly, you know, what's going to happen next. Um, it's going to be in stores, uh, as, I mean, it's in stores now for me. So if you go out into stores this week or, uh, by next week, you'll, you'll see them in stores. Um, it's a, you can't miss it. The jacket is just gorgeous. I think it's, I think it's back to form. And I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, when the award season comes around this year, uh, this one doesn't make the long list and the short list and maybe even more. So let's see. Sure. That sounds beautiful. It's really great. I mean, if you read one uh, South African book, fiction book this year, I think this is the one to go for. Okay. That's Damon Galgut's The yeah. Promise. Yeah. All okay. right. Okay. 
Right. The next one I want to talk about as we go into the cold period and people looking to maybe put together some comfort food and, you know, maybe you're going to be indoors anyway, you're not going to want to go out. So maybe you're going to be cooking. And with lockdown and things, I think we all became amateur chefs. Or yes, we did. We did, but, but I still I still haven't made a banana bread. Okay, good. Thank you. Because everybody made banana bread. Not me. <laughs> not me too. I've never done it. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Karima Isaacs has been, you know, in, in, in the lifestyle, our lifestyle segment for a long, long, long time. She's done a f- quite a few books with us. Uh, and she's now done a book called Curried. And it's, you know, she has a Cape Malay background and style, uh, which is part of this book as well. But what's good is it's also, she lives in, she's living in the Middle East and she's been in Dubai for a while now. So she's gotten a lot of really good influence from the Middle East and sort of Southeast Asia. So there's something, if you think about curry and you think about its different forms, right? Over, over that whole Eastern region. Um, it's very different, you know, it's, it's sort of different in different countries and that's obvious and that's, that's fine. So what she's done is she sort of put all that together into one book. So you're getting different styles with different ingredients, just sort of almost if you want to try something different, but you want the same thing, this is, this is something to look at. Uh, I have book- to say this, this book is magnificent. If you see, it, yes. It's like a cross between a recipe book and a coffee table book. Yes. Because the, the photography yeah. and it, it is so, so beautiful and it captures food mm. so, so beautifully. The essence of what she's created, mm. it captures it so perfectly. I do have to say though, um, and I love curry. <laughs> um, the recipes are so involved <laughs> and so long. Yeah, yeah. And no, she she puts a lot of detail into those. They things. are very detailed, but but the the actual photos and the the pictures in the book are just beautiful. It is, it is. We're so proud of that. And one of the things that you know uh, on our imprint of Straight Lifestyle, that's one of the things we I think we really get right. And I know I'm tooting my own horn here, but it's it's something that Penguin really prides himself. When we bring out a cookbook, we try and get out the best quality, the best recipes, and we get good authors. You know, we just don't put them out because we want to put them out. We really put something special out there, and and that's what it is. Um, so yeah, you're right. We we pride ourselves on that photography, and also you know if you're going to be paying a price for a cookbook, it must look good on your bookshelf in the kitchen or if you're giving it as a gift right i mean it has to be absolutely and but this isn't something that you actually just want to stick away on a bookshelf somewhere this is something that you want to display and you want you this is something i would you know share with people and show them and and want them to see it that's what i'm saying it's it's kind of a cross between a recipe book and a coffee table book because you want it out there yeah, that's a good compliment. Thank you. That's, uh, I'm sure she, if she were to hear that, she'd be so impressed. Uh, so the book is, yeah, it's called Curried by Karima Isaacs. It's in stores now. Um, you know, it's, it's a great price at 350 rand. So I just think that this is something going into the cold periods. You're going to want to try and, and, and maybe enjoy yourselves or impress your friends. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. That is, that is really yeah. way up there on, on the, the list of recipe books. It's, it's really, it's yeah. outstanding. Do you have time for one more? Okay. Yeah, let's right. one more in. Yeah. Oh. Let's do uh, the next one. one I want to talk about is uh, something also on the local side, which is a non-fiction title we've released uh, recently. It's out in stores now. Uh, the book is called Uncaptured by Masilo uh, Mutepo. Um, and the story is about the Trillion Whistleblower. So she was the Trillion Whistleblower. Um, you know, she, the company that she worked for, uh, trillion investment that she headed up as CEO 
a few years ago in 2017, uh, you know, got into the news for all the wrong reasons. And uh, she decided to blow the whistle on exactly what was happening. So if you think about events, major events in South African recent history, like the Nenegate thing, uh, the Nenegate scandal, you know, that all those things come into the forefront in this book. And she was right in the middle of, uh, you know, what they would do is basically the company would, if you remember the World Cup, they needed funds for the airport. So they would basically generate funds for big projects like that. And how they would do it is they would approach different companies, uh, different banks around the world, and they would sort of club them all together and almost, it's a loan essentially, and they would take these billions of rands and then they would, you know, invest them into those projects for the government. But the problem was, um, you know, the governments had departments that could handle it, and she states that clearly in the book. There were departments that could clearly do these things, and, and she they did work for ESCOM, they did work for the airports, they did work for uh, uh, you know, all these major uh, transnet you know, organizations like that, they all have people who could do it, but um, they would get outside people. And she states that in the book. And that's where the loopholes started coming in and all these monies were siphoned off. So it's a really an insider account of exactly what goes on in this world. And stuff that makes the news, this is sort of, she gives, she goes into exactly what happened in the background. Uh, so I found it fascinating. It's also a really personal account for her. She suffered a lot in, in the whole process ever since she blew the whistle. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's a great book to read. It's a great book to understand exactly how these things work by someone who's been right in the middle of it, right in the, right there in the middle. She's right in between the private sector and the public sector and she's smack in the middle. And most of the time she hardly even knew what was going on. So it's brilliant. It's called Uncaptured. Uh, it's out in stores now. And, um, I think that, Personally, I don't enjoy books like this, but I know mm. that these kind of books do really, really well yeah. in in our market here. Yeah. Um, we, we seem to have this, I'm not going to call it an obsession, mm-hmm. but we do enjoy these books on exposure, exposing um, all this political debauchery that goes on yeah. and, and all this kind of thing. And look, I, I do find that, that our market seems to be our, our book market and our local um, books, they seem to be quite saturated with books like this. But there are some that stand out, and I think this is going to be one of them. I agree. Um, I'm seeing the sales sort of picking up, and they've been doing it's been out for about just over two months now, just under just over a month now. This is the second month, and it's just ticking away. And if you look at books like we've done in the past, like Gangster State, we did that yes. also back, we did that in 2019, and that book has become more relevant now than it ever was when yes. it was published. You know, because I agree. You know what I'm saying? So it, Gangster State was a perfect example. I think our market, our people want to know what's going on. and They do. Bring it to the forefront. And we should know what's going on. Yeah. They do. We still have lots more in store. Yep. We'll be back after this break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am back with my guest, Fizz Chetty from Penguin Random House. And we are chatting our favorite subject, of course, books. And Viz is giving us um, a list of what's current from Penguin, what's on the shelves, what's upcoming. And he's giving us great suggestions on what you need to look out for to add to your bookshelves at home. So, Viz, we've, we've already chatted about some nonfiction, local nonfiction, fiction. Mm-hmm. What's next? 
I'm going to give you one more nonfiction, which I think it's uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's it's become so popular in the market, and ever since we released it, it's just done so well. Uh, and I just wanted to talk about that because I think it's that good. So, um, Gerard Leboskakni used to be a profiler for the Slaps for about 14 years. Uh, you know, he followed through from another le- another legendary figure in that world. Uh, this book is called The Profiler Diaries, um, and in the book he talks about. He talks about various cases that he worked on, criminal, you know, serial killer cases, really, really, really uh, high profile cases. And, you know, he sort of really breaks down into their psychology and really lets you understand these people that have done these horrific things. So if you're a fan of true crime, if you're a fan of that kind of uh, genre of books, this is just right up your alley. Um you know, there's the cases that he talked about in this book, like he worked on the Inga Lotz case a little bit. He worked on Oscar's, uh, Oscar Pistorius case a little bit, um, you know, things like that. And uh, when I read it, it was a little disturbing as well in some places because like he'll talk about places where these killers have left bodies. And I, used to, and I, and I would be like, well, I, I used to drive right by there every day. <laughs> You know? That is, yeah, that is quite disturbing. It really scared me because, like, I was, I was like, okay, this is a whole other, other, other world that uh, that I didn't know about. Obviously, you know, it's like, it's it's just an amazing account of one of a man who was in this world for that long. Uh, if you if you remember Pete Bailefelt and yes, Denise, yes, absolutely, yeah, you know, he's legendary, legendary Pete Bailefelt. So. He's this guy's sort of like a modern, a, more, a, a recent version of that, and and he, um, you know, he's tells us, he lets us in on this world and into uh, how how these serial killers operated. You know, there was a one guy, the Jose de Silva case, who he was a guy who would set up appointments with real estate agents, you know, to look at these really great properties, and for he was doing it for a long time, but he had fantasies of doing this horrible to of murdering someone. And um, eventually he did. You know, he goes into detail as to how the whole thing happened and and uh, how this guy scammed all these people to think that he was this wealthy guy, but he wasn't. And eventually he commits this horrific murder. And yeah, so it's if you're if you're a fan of true crime, um, this is this one this one will really rock you. And and the reason I say that is because it's local and it's good crimes that have happened in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's so funny because um, a friend of mine, she she's mad about this book, oh. and she put something on Twitter about it, and um, he commented, which <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Yeah. He commented and said, "I hear this is really good," <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. You know, you look at like this is so funny when I when I didn't see a picture of him right until it's just around the time the book published and I, I in my mind I pictured someone who looked like Pete Bailey with the leather jacket and the cigarette and you know the sort of greasy hair and when you look at him he looks like the happiest guy you've ever seen he looks like Keith Custon you know oh my gosh. and I think how has this guy seen all these horrific things and still like function I mean he must have a real strength of character you know I just it's amazing uh, and he's an amazing person so i think this is one to look out for again if you are fans of true crime you can't miss this uh, this year it's out in stores now what else have you got okay i've got a few more the next one is limerence by an author named vincent pinar uh if you have heard of him you might have heard of him. we did a book called too many tsunamis and i think he's one of one of those authors in the south african landscape that's quite underrated in my opinion i've, I've read that first book i've read this book and it's it's also quite charming and quite funny in places and it's just, just a really great story um our main character is a name is a guy by the name of scout 
right? If you picture Scout, it's exactly what you picture. That's who he is. He's got this big Panama hat on. He always wears that. Um, he's a bit of a scoundrel, sweet talker, you know, picture that kind of guy. Um, you know, and, and, um, he has this sort of, in going in and out relationship with a woman named Clarissa. In the beginning of the book, the relationship is is over. So they're sort of in the later years, and she's now uh, she used to be in advertising, and she's made a lot of money. So she can sort of live in a state, and all she does is write, you know, and she writes books. And he shows up at her door, and he says, you know, um, these are this is sort of my life savings. It's all in this in in this envelope, and it's all it's in my my will basically. And he says to her. You can keep this, but I need I need to borrow some money. And he wants four hundred thousand rand. Wow! And yeah, at first she's like, "Get the hell out of here!" You know, you 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 can't just come in here and ask me. And she really really hates him. But there's a part of her that still still kind of likes him. You know, so um, she sort of kicks him out, and he goes off. But eventually, she kind of feels bad, and she has the money. She's very wealthy, so she she gives him the money. Um, and then the story sort of interweaves, you know, it's, it's basically the swinging sixties in Hillbrow and Joburg and it goes into how they met when they were about 15 and he was about 17, I think it is. And they meet and they have this relationship, they fall in love and, you know, eventually sort of get married and, 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 you know, it's the, that whole relationship goes back and forth. So the timeline sort of skips back, which past and present and, Eventually, we come back to the present, and something happens to poor Scout, and she goes to the lawyer with his documents, and when she goes there, there's about four other women with similar envelopes. Oh, my word. <laughs> and so we find out exactly who Scout really was. It's charming. It's funny. It's it's really well written. I really enjoy his writing. And um, I think, yeah, if you're looking for something uh, a little different on the on the local fiction side, um, then we normally publish. This could be one you could read. So it's oh, called. That Lim- sounds uh, great. Uh, it's not in stores at the moment. It should be uh, sometime in June. Uh, so look out for that. Okay, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to be back with a wrap up. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am back, and I've been chatting to Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House. And he has been recommending some amazing books for you to look out for in bookstores, online, however you choose to read, however you choose to buy your books. And I think we've still got time for just one more. What else have you got on your list of recommendations, Viz? Okay, sure. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the, the next one. It's, it's a book by an author who, again, I feel it's sort of in our market has been pretty quieter, but she's a really Great writer. Her name is Joan Silber, and the book is called Secrets of Happiness. Uh, she did a book called Improvement, which won a whole bunch of awards uh, a few years ago. Um, you know, she's one of those authors when you when you see a book come out, you know it's going to be good, and it always kind of delivers. And it is about this family. It's it, it's actually a lot of characters in this book, but it starts off with this one family, uh, and they live in. A, quite a prestigious part of Manhattan and it's just, they're just a lovely, lovely family. And the, the, the father in this family is, um, you know, he's sort of a businessman. He travels a lot to Asia and, and, uh, you know, he's always out of the country and things. So it starts off with him. Um, you know, they, he, 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 he ends up, he has a stroke and unfortunately he's bedridden. And shortly after the stroke, they find out that he's had a whole other family, uh, and two, oh, wow. yeah, two adult children. 
which nobody knew about. Now, um, his wife is Thai, but she's not from there. She's actually from from New York. And and uh, these two women, his current wife and her, um, sort of have to now live with each other to to take care of him. And he has a series of other unfortunate uh, health problems as well after the stroke. So it really is a story about how these women are so, I don't know, just so amazing and they sort of get together and they still take care of him. But it's also about the main character, one of the sons who you learn about and his story. And, and there's multiple characters which you think at first you think are not related to each other. But then you sl- as, as you read the novel, it slowly realizes that all these characters are intertwined and connected in some way or the other. Um, it's just an amazing book. I think it's it's one of those ones where, again, the awards when award season comes around, people will really take notice of it and 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 sort of give her these awards. But it's something to look out for. It's a June title, so it's it's a couple of months away. It's well, probably next month now. Uh, but yeah, I think it's one of those authors. If you like a little bit of literary fiction, uh, I decided to put that onto the list. And uh, yeah, John Silver, Secrets of Happiness is great, great shot, great book. That sounds amazing. I hadn't actually heard of that one. So that sounds like one to look out for. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. One that you didn't mention, one that you didn't mention that I'm really surprised about, mm-hmm. um, which I am nearly finished with actually, is Bullet Train by <laughs> um, Kotaro Osaka. It's translated yes. from Japanese. Yes. Have you read that? I have. It's an amazing book. I can't remember the comp now, but it was a. It was a comp. I think it was something about smoking aces meets Guy Ritchie. Or something. something like that. Yes. Yeah, there was a great comp, and it's exactly what it is. You you pick this book up, and it, there's no build up. It's it's you in the middle, you in the thick of it as soon as you read the first page. As soon as you read the first page, and yeah. it is, and they have cast the film, an incredible cast. I'm not going to give anything away or anyone away. Um, if you want to know about that, go look it up. But it is incredible. And, I mean, the title, Bullet Train, gives some <laughs> indication yeah. as to um, how this book is plotted, the pace of it. Yeah. And um, I'd never heard of this author. Apparently, he's one of the top Japanese thriller writers. Mm. Um, and it, it is the most... It's it's really it's 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 quite different, yeah. and it's the the characters are quite bizarre, yeah. and, <laughs> and they're all they're all just just they're not even very nice they're not nice people at all, yeah. and but it's it this book is is really it's brilliant it's called Bullet Train, and it's very noticeable when you walk into a bookstore you will definitely see it, um very noticeable cover it's just big in your face and I, I was quite surprised that wasn't on the list because that's a big bold title and the book itself is very big and bold <laughs> and <laughs> it kind of yeah, it's a beautiful jacket isn't it and it's kind of slipped through because when I asked the uh, my co-managers there you know from their list like uh, when the penguin and the random house and the ones that they gave me are the ones I brought today so it might have just slipped in between the cracks you know we never short of books to put onto a list and it's I so know hard. that no I know really that definitely put together but I'm glad you mentioned it and thank you for that it's a, for people out there that's one of the best thrillers that, that has come out this year already so it really is it really <laughs> is Viz as always it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you about our favorite topic. <laughs> Thank and you, I, Janice. I appreciate I, it. Thank you. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to doing it again in a few months' time to see what's what's coming up in the next quarter of the year. 
And until then, um, be well. Thank you very much. Yeah, the second half of the year is going to be huge. I mean, you have no idea how many great ones are going to come, and the list is just going to get better. So I'll, I'll talk to you in a few months, and it's going to be huge. It's going to be great. Awesome. Thanks for that. So there's lots to look forward to. And to you listening, as always, it's getting colder. Um, our numbers are going up. So as always, take care, look after yourself and each other, wear a mask, and read a book. <laughs>